0: Hello and welcome to episode two hundred and six of the End Focus podcast. I'm your irregular host, Andrew Brown. And we are joined by our regular co-host Sylvia Wassenaar. hello Helen, and Rosalie, the little record girl. Hello. So let's get into it with our updates from previous episodes. Splatoon three has been out for several weeks now. We've gone through a Splatfest and people have had time to wrap up the story mode and get into the salmon run and just the basic turf wars and get established in the ranking leaderboards. Sylvie and Brosley have both been involved in that, so why don't you go ahead and give us your your post release update?
1: Yeah, I thought it was would be good to kinda revisit the topic considering this is meant to be like Nintendo's big live service game. Especially with the focus on like your catalogs and twenty four seven salmon run, and uh yeah, we just had the splat fest, which was what would you prefer to take on a desert a deserted island gear, fun or grub uh, I picked grub because I like food <laughs> uh and we lost by a landslide. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I I picked fun and we were winning, but I've never been on a winning uh, Splatfest team, so I knew it was too good to be true.
1: <laughs> Luckily the difference in uh, rewards isn't too different. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to be on the winning team, but, you know, they're, they're overall fairly low stakes, but they're still a lot of fun. Uh, this had a different colour scheme to the uh, preview Splatfest, the world premiere. So it was interesting just to see how dynamic the main street is in Splatsville. So I've also been playing a bunch of table turf Battle. It's become like something really good to just play while watching. Like I, I just I've just been watching Classic Simpsons while playing, <laughs> just grinding because you get a, a new pose at level thirty in table turf. So I've been grinding towards that and I think I'm a higher level in Table Turf than I am in actual Turf War now. So that's a little concerning. <laughs> How about you?
2: Yeah, I just unlocked um, fighting against Judd. Oh lovely. <laughs> uh, and I only just realized that you get like um, these kind of points so you can actually exchange them for cards you don't have. Yeah. And I don't know why I didn't realize this before. <laughs>
1: Because it doesn't really tell you.
2: <laughs> no, and I was like, oh, cool. I was wondering because I, I, I've gotten every uh, card pack you can possibly get in the fight, like finding the story mode. So I was like, oh, how do I get more cards? So I, now it makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to like get every card and like get fight against all the people. It's really, really addictive. I'm hoping yeah. they add more to it, though. Like, they could add more cards and add it to the menu so you don't have to run to the specific place to do it every time.
1: Yeah, it should be a warp point.
2: And maybe do up the area, because it's really like, you don't even kind of, there's like a guy at a table and you're like, oh, okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it would be nice.
2: But yeah, no, I've been really enjoying that.
1: It's still a lot more fleshed out than Squid Beats, which I still wish they'd add back into the game. If only just to check out the music. It's still, it's really fleshed out mode it's a lot of fun but it's it is simple it can get a bit repetitive if you just play over and over and over again so i, I, I recommend like watching some tv or a movie or something while mm. you while you play
2: yeah if i'm watching re-watching criminal minds <laughs> so it's like the contrast of something really scary and then you're playing like <laughs> that's <laughs> playing like a card, card game, game. <laughs> it's like the total opposite it's great
1: i think if anything was going to split off from splatoon this could be you something like a um you know how kirby has so many spin-offs
2: oh yeah yeah
1: splatoon could do something with this i i'm actually now that i mention it maybe that's what they're going to do with squid beads is have a fully fledged splatoon rhythm game yeah anyway they've also
2: done it in <laughs> yeah not to derail too much they also added there was splatoon songs in ring fit adventure in their little music rhythm oh really bonus spit. Yeah, so it's really, really hard, (laughs) but you have to like dance with your ring to the Splatoon music and it's, yeah, so that would make a lot of sense actually.
1: It would be cool. Uh, The the mode that I've been playing the most though is Salmon Run. I'm absolutely addicted to Salmon Run. It really feels like its own piece of the game now rather than, it really felt like its own little side thing in Splatoon 2 because you can only play it between certain hours, updates were rare. I think all up you only had five maps in Splatoon 2 for Salmon Run.
2: And it's they've kind of added it to the lore now, which, no spoilers, but I was like not expecting, and I was like, oh my god, oh, this yeah. is amazing.
1: Did you finish the story mode?
2: <laughs> yes, and then I, when oh. I went to play Salmon Run, I noticed something changed, and I was like, oh, that's <laughs> clever.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really cool.
2: There's like a thing happening soon where all the salmons are going to be invading the hub or something. I don't know. I actually know how that's
1: going to work. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. But before I did, I wanted to talk about the current rotation where they've added what's called a Grisco special weapon. So oh, you yeah. have the Grisco stringer, which is the the bow. Uh, Grisco weapons are just incredibly overpowered. Uh, in Splatoon 2, they had four of them total. There was a blaster, a bucket... And two others. I think it was a a charger, like a sniper and um, uh, an umbrella. And now they've added the stringer. So there's five total. And the fact that they're adding this within the first month of release tells me that they do have big plans for Salmon Run. Uh, So it's random weapons at the moment, but there's a chance to get the stringer. And it just, if you get to the final boss, Kohuzuna, it just melts it. A fully charged shot does as much as a power egg does, a golden egg. (laughs) So you don't even need to really kill kill bosses. (laughs) Which you still should. Because, you know, you get swamped. But, um, like you said, Big Run, where they're going to invade the city. So it's Salmon Run on the existing multiplayer maps. Which is such an interesting idea. The one they showed in the direct was Yahoo World, which is the theme park. Oh. And my understanding is so th- this has come from data miners so I don't know things could change so don't take this as fact but um <laughs> it, it seems like it's going to be a splat fest level event but salmon run where the main lobby will like change to look like not splat fest but maybe it will be like on alert or something or like a, a storm warning I don't know ah,
2: but that makes sense
1: I guess we'll find out soon. I'd expect it to happen within this season, which ends yeah. at the first of December. But it looks really cool.
2: Probably after the Splatterween.
1: If they do a Splatterween I I, I don't so. know yet. I, I really hope so. <laughs> at least one.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: But um my my only real gripe with it is this new currency called Fish Scales that you get for defeating this Kohuzuna, which is just like a giant kaiju, salmon, uh, they're really low for the amount of effort that you put in to maybe not even defeat it. And even if you do defeat it, the rewards, you get maybe five to 10 bronze scales, and then maybe one to three silver scales. Uh, sometimes you'll get a gold scale, which is nice, but the problem is a lot of these rewards, they, there's one that costs 999 bronze scales, so it doesn't feel like you're being rewarded enough for this effort. Yeah. So maybe you'll get more fish scales in Big Run. I guess we'll see. But the problem is is that it's so rare to get Kohuzuna for starters because it's three to four or five matches before he shows up you only get them if you finish the third wave and if you're playing on higher difficulties that might not happen for a couple of times (laughs) it's really hard it's a lot harder than Splatoon 2
2: yeah it's a shame they don't give you the gold scales if you get like a certain large number of eggs in a match
1: yeah or like a chance to get the scales from the capsules that you get from every rotation
2: yeah oh yeah yeah
1: it just doesn't feel rewarding at the moment um i do like that they have different colored suits to me that's the priority because there's a pink suit that i just unlocked that i really want to buy but it's 30 (laughs) silver scales and i'm only on like 13 at the moment and it just takes a long time to get them (laughs) that's it's my only gripe about the game it's still a lot of fun to play splatoon is just one of those games where just the act of playing it and moving around and splatting enemies, it's satisfying, the sound design and the game feedback and the art direction. It, it all just feels perfect. Uh, there are some growing pains of course, like I just mentioned with the, the rewards. Still getting some connection issues even though the last patch said mm-hmm. that they fixed them but doesn't feel different so far. The
2: The worst thing that I noticed, and I think it did this before and it's just a part of the game, but I finally found a really good team to play, I don't know if it was just Turf Wars, it was it was something and then the maps changed and then you obviously lose that team but obviously that has to happen because the maps change but at the same time it's like it's, I wish there was a way to be like to just put us in the new map instead of cancelling our match so I lose all the good people I find That <laughs> does told. feel
1: so frustrating and and it even does yeah. that in salmon run when it yeah. does the rotation change, if it's a if it's rotating the maps in Salmon Run, sure, kick us out. If it's rotating the maps in Turf War when we were in Salmon Run, don't, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're just playing with friends. And the last thing I wanted to talk about is the ranked modes, or the anarchy battles as they're called. Um, I don't, have you touched this much?
2: I've played a bit of them, I'm only good at some of them, like I can't, I've never been able to do the clam
1: ones. Yeah. I finally and, and, figured out how to play that one and it's actually really fun.
2: Ah, uh, I've never played a successful match in that ever.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, you will lose a lot while you <laughs> learn. <laughs> and,
2: and that's because like, I think most people don't know what to do. I, I do like the new system where it's like there's a certain number of wins per losses. Like you do like a bunch of matches rather than yeah. just one.
1: The series has been my favourite mode. I've managed to rank up to B because of it. Yeah. So you play a series, so you're committing to playing a certain amount of matches and the aim is to get five wins before you get three losses So you're playing about seven matches It's a lot of fun, it ranks you up really quickly if you do well If you're just playing the Open where you're just playing with friends on a win you only get about eight points per win and you lose two on a loss The disparity between ranks is in the hundreds I don't know why they even bothered (laughs) But in series, you spend a certain amount of those points that you have, anywhere from like 50 to 80 or whatever, I think each rank is different. So you're kind of, what is it, gambling? Those points? I guess you are. You're putting them down at, with the hope of getting a lot more back. And the aim is to get wins, but also gold medals in your games, even if you lose. Mm-hmm. You get five points per gold medal, I think, in each match. But you can't play with friends in this mode. So it's four randoms versus four randoms So it's balanced in that sense Whereas open, you could potentially go in solo And then match up against a, a, a stack of four And that feels really disheartening Because you just get demolished So I, I don't know it, I still wish that for two things That Turf War was in ranked mode And for the ranked mode game types to be in the open battles The unranked because they're fun game modes, but there's, it feels like you have so much at stake that you kind of don't want to play it because it feels like losing is hurting your record. I don't know how to say it.
2: Like, like I, I prefer to
1: play casually Yeah. and it feels like this is everyone taking it so seriously when you just want to play casually. Yeah, your stats get affected. and
2: I've noticed that's a thing lately for Splatoon anyway. <laughs> Where <laughs> someone told me off online because I like to play it for fun, and they were like, "You're playing it wrong." I'm like, "Okay."
1: <laughs> oh, that—that's always a problem in multiplayer games. I—I I really hate I know.
2: it. <laughs> oh. you, you're
1: playing it right, I promise you. However, <laughs> you like to have fun, you're doing it right.
2: Exactly, and I always boo you back.
1: <laughs> yes, Just a
2: common courtesy.
1: <laughs> I don't know how a game this bright and colorful and cheerful can attract those sweaty players.
2: No, who do I? It's just, yeah, you're right, it's just online games in general I guess.
1: It is, but th- this is targeted ultimately to children and up. Mm-hmm. No, I have no illusions about that, <laughs> but it really does attract some very, a uh, certain kind of gamer. Oh, <laughs> try not to, to stoke the fires here. <laughs> But yeah, that's um, that's Splatoon 3. I, I highly recommend checking it out. It's got great online, single player, co-op, um, lots of customization. There's always something to unlock. Splatoon 2, I kind of ran out of stuff to unlock, whereas Splatoon 3 feels like I could play it for like five years and still have stuff to find. Yeah. And it feels like it's going to be a lot more supported in the long run. Yeah, if you somehow don't already have it, <coughs> Andrew. Um, highly recommend <laughs> Checking it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. Oh.
0: It's been out for almost a month and I just have not really felt like I need to play it.
2: <laughs> you would you would like the story mode though. It's it it's like Sylvie mm-hmm. said, it's like octo expansion, but like even better. It's so good.
1: It's really good. It um, is. I guess if you're just playing it for single player, wait for a sale. Yeah, that's true. We'll see.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I'll get you one day. Games like games <laughs> like this don't really go on sale deep enough for a price that I'm willing to pay. Yeah, yeah it's usually all- like 20% $40. off $40. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The n- Nintendo tax. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, let's move on to our latest Nintendo news. Surprise release on the eShop this week. Uh, It was actually rumored that it was coming, but we had no official confirmation. Then it just suddenly appeared on the eShop. Elder Scrolls V Skyrim Anniversary Edition uh, is now available on Switch. This differentiates from the Legendary Edition, I believe it was called before, that just had the original DLCs available for it. Uh, This is the version of Skyrim that was released for its 10th anniversary i want to say uh that adds a lot of the creator club content that fans have made and some of them are pretty high quality and bethesda recognizing that officially incorporated them into the game and made them available for purchase and this is the first time they've really been available on switch Uh, Most prominently, it adds uh, a fishing mode, which is a pretty robust fishing addition to the game. It's got the fishing, of course, but there's an entire quest line around it, and you have to go all over the world tracking down all these fishing locations to get the best fish in the game. And it adds a survival mode and just lots and lots of new dungeons and smaller miscellaneous quests. Uh, Unfortunately, it sounds like it also adds a lot of new bugs to the game. There's frame rate problems and crashing problems which apparently are not affecting people who haven't upgraded yet. So that is very unfortunate. It's out there now if you want it. It's a $20 upgrade if you already own the base game or it's $70 new. Did either of you get Skyrim on Switch? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow! Out of morbid curiosity, and I've barely played it. Oh. I should. Is that your first time playing it? No, I've like played and finished okay. it on PC before.
2: Yeah, I've got like a very long save file on the PS4 <laughs> version. I don't know why I wanted it on the Switch. I really like the the music in Skyrim, so it's like, cool to like play it if you're just in bed. with... like kind of like chilling out if it's like raining outside. It's a nice chill chill thing to play on the Switch, but I haven't actually completed it on it. I
1: just love Elder Scrolls games. I've been playing since Morrowind. Oh, wow. Uh, the world building is just so passive and rich. It really does feel like you're just a part of a world that has been around for that long, and the quality of life updates. Although it sounds like they're causing stability issues. <laughs>
0: Um, not much of a quality of life update for this one.
1: I mean, it's a quality it's not, of life, but the other way.
2: It's not a Bethesda game if there isn't some jank.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> um, Bethesda engines are notoriously unoptimized.
0: Well, that's that's the notorious thing. I always hear about how bad Bethesda games are, and I've never felt they were that bad. They've had problems, of course, but I've never found them as unplayable as people often say they are. Oh, unplayable, had, I... just unstable.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I've had a game-breaking bug in every single Bethesda game I have played.
0: <laughs> yeah. When I played uh on Switch, I couldn't get into the the Vampire's Keep for the vampire dlc oh, no. i had to use uh, the spoon glitch to glitch myself through the wall because the door <laughs> would not open
2: Yeah, that <laughs> happened to me on the ps4 as well
1: i remember having a quest like a main quest critical npc just randomly go hostile on me
0: i can't remember <laughs> what city it was i
1: was just walking up this like giant winding path up to a city and she just comes running out the front of the city and starts attacking me, and I go, I don't know who this (laughs) is, I'll kill her. It's like, the threads of fate have been severed. Really? Really. Oh, that was the person I needed to hand in a quest (laughs) to. I thought you couldn't even kill quest-critical NPCs. No, I I think you can, and it just says, you know, you could keep playing, but um, without this person, it can't progress. So you're just kind of sandboxing it from then on, playing side missions. Oh, well, the side missions are a lot better anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. When I first completed it, I was like, is this the main storyline? Is that it? <laughs> it didn't feel like it had a very like cool ending, and then I did all the Brotherhood stuff, and I was like, oh, this is way more interesting.
1: Yeah, Dark Brotherhood is always fun. Yeah.
0: The Dark Brotherhood questline is the best.
2: I just wish Fallout... When's Fallout 4 gonna be on the Switch? That would be cool. I'm hoping for to because
1: everyone tells me that I have to play it it's part of the train's experience or something. <laughs> <laughs> I why. Tri-
2: I've, yeah, I've tried, but it was a uh, cloud gaming, and oh. I don't like that. So <laughs> they've got to remaster that.
1: Oh yeah, unrelated, but Andrew's got to be happy that one of the cloud gaming joints is gone.
2: Bye
0: bye.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd want to get this when it's stable, but I always just kind of want like Oblivion or an update to Morrowind or something on Switch. Morrowind is one of those games where it doesn't give you quest markers. Yeah, uh, you have to read the journal for directions, which sounds tedious now that I say it out loud. But I actually really loved it because it felt immersive. But not everyone has time for that either. So I realize quality of life. I
0: played it on Xbox. wasn't impressed. It was tedious. I didn't like it. That's fair. I don't think it's <laughs> aged well. And uh, I tried Oblivion too. Didn't click with me either. I did finish Oblivion. I will. I will give it that. But I. I didn't. I wasn't wild about it. Skyrim was like the first Elder Scrolls game where I, I got it. I was like, oh, this is, this is really good. <laughs> I've played it on PC and on Xbox and mm-hmm. on Switch. Switch is where I've done the most, though, because uh, it was where I finally stopped fast traveling everywhere and actually explored <laughs> the map.
1: Yeah, Oblivion just had uh, that problem where the main story is like, if you don't do this right now, the whole world will end. So I find it really hard to like prioritize side quests and stuff.
0: Yeah, and not to talk too much about Oblivion, but like if once you do that main quest, the main storyline, then you can't get into the Oblivion gates anymore, which is like one of the main activities is exploring the Oblivion gates. It's like, why? Oh. Why why did you do that? <laughs> oh, dear. But anyway, I, I like Skyrim. I think the Switch port is excellent. The anniversary edition, notwithstanding, hopefully they, they update that. But we haven't talked about that since clear back in, Jeez, probably in our first 10 episodes was when Skyrim came out. Andy and I both loved it. I think it was both on our Game of the Year lists. uh, And I I still highly recommend it today. It it does not deserve the bashing it gets. It gets ported a lot, sure. It gets ported a lot because it's a great game and people buy it. That's why it gets ported a lot. All right, so let's move on with what we played this week. Uh, Looks like it's just me. Uh, I played Shovel Knight Dig, which is the latest spin-off of the Shovel Knight series. This one is a procedurally generated version of the platformer. You play as Shovel Knight, who is disturbed from his sleep in his campsite one night when the Drill Knight busts down on him from above and steals his sack of treasure and then drills down into the ground and the Shovel Knight has to chase after him to reclaim his loot. And you just go down through a bunch of different areas. There's let me do the math in my head real quick, there's six areas in total, but you only visit four of them in each playthrough, assuming you win. There's a pretty good variety of areas, like the first one is just a a mushroom area that has like bouncing mushrooms that you can bounce off of, and then there's like a fire area and a water area, pretty typical. The water area is interesting because it's filled with waterfalls that knock you all over the place as you're descending down the, the shaft, and then there's a a smithing area, and uh, a magic junkyard. The magic junkyard is really cool because it's filled with portals, basically, (laughs) that you have to go through one to come out the other side of it, and there are a few places where you have to go through a portal to progress further down the shaft. And then the last area is just the uh, Drill Knight's Castle. It's a super challenging game. I've only beaten it once so far. And much like the... uh, shovel knight pocket dungeon that came out last year on each attempt you get a certain amount of jewels and when you die you can carry a small number of them back up to the top and you can use them to buy upgrades that might appear in your next run you can buy a bunch of new relics that will appear down there another bunch of passive upgrades and also uh, new suits of armor for shovel knight once you've rescued the armor smith and you find the diagrams which are also hidden in the dungeon. Now, when I say the dungeon is procedurally generated, what I mean by that is it's actually constructed from different pre-built panels, and there's quite a variety of them. Even now, I'm still finding uh, new room configurations to explore, but having said that, even still right away, I was seeing repeats, but there's still quite a bit to keep you enthralled. You're not going to be feeling like you're playing the same levels over and over here, but you will see some of the features repeated and the most interesting thing in the game i have found has been the keys because at the top of the shaft you can pay a merchant there a certain amount of your treasure to get a key and then you have to carry it down into into the tunnel dungeon and if you can carry the key far enough then you can unlock a new relic that's been the most engaging thing for me other than just trying to beat it but again super challenging only managed it once and i think that was quite a bit of luck involved in doing that i like this a lot better than shovel knight pocket dungeon but it's still not on the level of the original shovel knight games if you're super hard on for more uh shovel knight to play you know this might scratch that desire but i i found i would rather just continue replaying the original games it's good it's not great
2: Yeah, I was confused because I I was obsessed with the first Shovel Knight. I thought it was like, like, I've got the amiibo, I love it, it's amazing... And I thought, oh, because it's kind of meant to be based on NES games, I thought they would do, like, a big sequel that's more snes oriented. and I thought that's what this was, but it's not.
0: (laughs) No, this is really limited compared to those games. Like, Shovel Knight is the only character you can play as Uh, so far. Like, it might get longer-term support that adds other characters, but, like, even Pocket Dungeon, like, right away you could unlock the other knights to play as, and in this one, it's just Shovel Knight. (laughs) <laughs> Is this
2: basically like Shovel Knight doing Mr. Driller?
0: That's a comparison you can make. You don't dig as much as you do in Mr. Driller oh, okay. or even a game like like Steamworld Dig. Yeah. There are a few areas where you dig down, but you do a lot more platforming than digging.
2: Oh, okay. I might still check it out cuz I I just like the shovelware. shovelware? <laughs> That's not the right word. <laughs> I like the Shovel Knight um World and the like, the aesthetic mm. and the characters. I just think I think he's neat.
0: <laughs> they did do a really nice job of updating the graphics to you know a sixteen-bit style, and mm-hmm. all the characters are there. They all hang around at the campsite at the top, Aww. and they wander around. It's actually there's so many of them. It's actually kind of hard to talk to them sometimes because they're all standing on top of each other basically <laughs> if you have a favorite character they're back here well i shouldn't say that because actually most of the the knights are actually gone but like the the supporting cast for shovel knight they're all there all, all the village characters are there
2: Oh,
0: cool. all right so that's a short episode this week and that's fine mm-hmm. what are we playing in the coming week uh, rosalie we'll start with you
2: so again, <laughs> I'm going to be playing my lovely wife. I just didn't get to it cuz I was trying to 100% um the story mode in Splatoon 3, which I
0: There are games other than Splatoon. I know, but it's what? so
2: good. <laughs> um, but it actually works better because if I talk about my lovely uh, my lovely wife for the next one, it's a spooky game and it's it's coming up for spooky time. So, yeah. It's 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 a very spooky game about suck you that you train to try and bring back your dead wife, and you have to train them, and then you kill them so that you can put your wife's soul in them. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know the usual, you know the norm. Yeah. But yeah, that's part just of like we real life. Yeah, exactly.
1: Sylvia, <laughs> so, are you planning to play anything? Yeah, I. Um, well, Bayonetta three is coming out at the end of uh, October, nearly at the end of Halloween. It's um, <laughs> four weeks away, though. <laughs> it is, but I've decided to replay. Bayonetta 1 and 2 before Ah, it comes out. I am doing that too. Hell yeah. My wife, my lovely wife, is Bayonetta. I don't think she's interested. No, she's not. (laughs) (laughs) Out of my league. She will step on you. (laughs) I mean... Okay, but you can't do that in the podcast.
0: (laughs) I'll be playing another one of my indie new releases, Potion Permit. It's a uh, kind of an adventure action-adventure spin on the uh, alchemist simulator. <laughs> it looks cool. Uh, I hope to enjoy it because I've been looking forward to it all year.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of End Focus. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast services. Make sure to check out our sister shows, PlayState and Power of X. Also, be sure to join our Discord server. You can interact with the lively GamePodular community. You can also follow us on Twitter, YouTube, and at gamepodular.com for updates, news, and other content. You can find the links for all of these in the show notes. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a GamePodular Patreon. The details for both of these are on our website. Thanks in advance. This episode was edited by Andrew. You can follow him at Play Critically on Twitter and check out his long-form reviews at PlayCritically.com. You can follow myself on Twitter at Stu2STWTWO and on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Tory And Rosalie on Twitter at LilRecordGirl, L-A-L, Record Girl.